재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Welcome back to Koreascape. We all know that Korea is a place with a thriving cafe culture and coffee culture, but in this week's Theory of Korea, we'll be focusing on the often overlooked and long traditional alternative, tea. We're going to be talking about why tea time is maybe diminishing a bit and why it should be more of a thing here. We're joined by the author of The Book of Korean Tea, A Guide to the History, Culture, and Philosophy of Korean Tea and the Tea Ceremony. His name is Professor Yu Yang Sok, and the head of Rishi Tea Korea, Mr. Richard Song. Hello, gentlemen. Welcome. It's great Hello. to be here. It's good to be here. It is great to have you here. We're going to talk all about your passion for tea, and uh, we're going to be looking at it in terms of the... I don't know, the juggernaut, which is uh, the mainstream coffee shop. But I want to ask you personally, on a personal level, what got you so passionate about tea, particularly Korean tea? Professor Yu, let's start with you. Well, actually, I lived uh, many years abroad. Actually, I studied in the United States, and uh, and also I spent a lot of time in Europe as well as in uh, Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I had a very uh, private uh, uh, professional uh, assignments in various countries, I begin to realize the uh, importance of culture, uh, especially in the organization management, and uh, beginning to understand a little bit more about the Korean unique culture and the um, uh, importance of the, the cultural influence on the, the people. And um, uh, through some family uh, relationship, I got into the tea and tea history uh, specifically the pioneer of Korean tea, Myeongwon. Uh, so I uh, kind of uh, delve into the history and culture uh, for the past, uh, you know, more than 10 years. And uh, that got me into the tea. And um, I'm spending a lot more time in tea in education as well as uh, in uh, in business as well. You said family relationships. Are you related to tea pioneers in Korea? or? Uh, through the uh, my in-law, uh-huh. he's uh, in the uh, tea, uh, tea uh, education ah. and the tea uh, cultural heritage. I see. Uh, so Myeongwon is uh, uh, my in-law's family's uh, relationship. Got it. Richard, uh, is tea becoming a bit harder of a sell in Korea these days? Everybody seems like they're going to the the local chain coffee shop. Uh, they're drinking coffee rather than tea. And they're, frankly, a little too busy for, you know, the time it takes to appreciate tea. Is it a harder sell? Well, yes and no. Uh, for, like, a Korea traditionally being a big, you know, green tea market... Uh, I, I, I'm sorry to say that green tea is a kind of declining and the people's uh, I would say interest in green tea has declined and it has largely due to a very strong presence of coffee. Uh-huh. However, the black tea and other herbal blends, international tea is actually gaining grounds past few years and uh-huh. it has grown quite a bit. Quite last, uh, I would say, three, four years' time, yes. Black tea, it strikes me, can uh, hold its own against coffee as mm-hmm. sort of a caffeine vehicle, right? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. kind of what people are looking for in their busy lives. Uh, actually, if you look at the customer base at the local cafes, actually people drink coffee in the morning to get that kick yeah. out of a caffeine. But there are a lot of people actually looking for non-caffeine alternatives in the afternoons. And then a lot of, you know, cup, uh, the, the tea clients actually people seeking 
non-caffeine parents, like uh-huh. the Oberglands. That makes good sense. Tea mm. as a sundown beverage, you know, yes. when you don't want to be up staring at the ceiling until four in the morning. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Korean tea is kind of possibly your option, or Asian mm. tea, we can say. Mm. Uh, Professor Yu, I'm looking at your excellent book here. It's very colorful, very pictorial, uh, and also very thorough on the history of tea. Uh, just for people who aren't quite aware, w- w- how did Korea get its first introduction to tea? What, around when in history did Koreans start drinking it? Well, basically, Korea has a uh, roughly 2,000 years of history of Korean tea, and uh, the the first uh, entry of tea in Korea trace, uh, traverses to about 2,000 years to Kaya Kingdom. Mm. So, and there are many historical records as well as the uh, paintings that are beautiful. Uh, they show how the ancient uh, people were using tea in paying tributes to the ancestors. Uh, uh, actually uh, taking time to leisurely uh, in the mountains, on the rivers, uh, taking time to enjoy the nature and themselves, as well as uh, 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 a place very close to here, Gyeongbokgung. Actually, uh, the right. king uh, conducted tea ceremony, uh, Tare, uh, as a, a way to greet uh, uh, envoys from China or uh, uh, guests. So throughout the history, uh, there are many uh, records as uh, Korea has a uh, known uh, 2,000 years of cultural history of tea. So the first tea arrived with the Chinese envoys that said, hey, we've got this thing, and they had the ceremony surrounding it, and Koreans kind of picked up the ball and ran with it, right? Uh, no, not necessarily. I think the first uh, record shows the the, the queen-to-be, uh, Ho wang Ok, arriving uh, Korea 2,000 years ago, okay. uh, 48 A.D., for her marriage to the king of Kaya Kingdom, ah. uh, among her treasures that she brought to Korea uh, was believed to be key, the seeds of tea. I see. They studied the, the tea cultivation. And uh, the first record uh, of tea use uh, in the ancestral rice was a 661 AD, about 1400 years ago. Uh, tea was actually used to pay tributes to the ancestors. So we could see that tea was used even before 600 AD among the Koreans and paying tributes and even uh, serving for the guests. I see. Richard, to what extent is the folklore and the cultural uh, trappings of tea a useful marketing tool in tea? I mean, with coffee, it's, it's, it's hot, it's black, it gives you a kick. That's mm. the selling point. Uh, with tea, there's all of this sort of, you know, uh, decoration around it. <laughs> to what extent does that help sell it? Well, actually, you know, as a you know, tea merchant, I mean, in industry, we have this saying that story sells the tea. Mm. And, uh, you know, tea comes with uh, such a rich cultural and stories behind it. And, um, you know, we have, uh, there are more teas than wines. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's number of uh, varietal-wise. Ah, and that's And every tea comes with, uh, you know, their own unique stories. So these things play the, you know, big part, you know, for selling teas in the marketplace. And then there's a lot of times these stories associated with the people who buy these teas. But what's funny is that, you know, tea is coming from, you know, originally from Asia, China. And then in places like the United States and Europe, all these Asian folklore-type stories works really well. But unfortunately, it's kind of working against it when we're trying to sell teas in Asian market because I, I think it's the thing about, you know, 
grass being greener on the other side. If, ah. if you go to U.S., if you go to like a tea houses, yeah. they try to be very Asian about it. They have like a Buddha, yeah. you know, statues and a look, look and feel of very Kind of ham it up a little yeah. bit almost. That's yeah. right. But where you come to like a place like a Korea, for instance, a lot of these new tea houses, they're trying very hard to mimic like English tea houses ah. or New York tea houses. So, you know, these stories are great when we're trying to market tea to the West. Uh-huh. But when you're trying to reintroduce to the young people in Korea, for instance, it is it's not working too well. So when tea is exotic, it's yeah. it's interesting. And it, for it Asians, is exotic. It the, is considered very exotic. Yes. Yeah, London tea house is quite exotic, yeah. but for a Westerner, not yeah. so much, mm-hmm. right? Um, Professor Yu, the the back lot backstory of tea is uh, China, the Silk Road, and Asia. The tea ceremony, shall we say, in terms of branding and PR. Japan kind of has a, a bit of a lock on that. So where do we stake out the Korean uniqueness when it comes to tea well, culture? Well, actually, I think a lot of people are confused with the tea ceremony mm. uh, because uh, many times people ask me, oh, ooh, you know, Japanese tea ceremony, are they same uh, as the Korean tea ceremonies? And basically, uh it is quite different. Uh, first of all, uh, Japanese tea ceremony, chado, which is quite well known, uh, involves powder form of tea. Uh-huh. So uh, typically tea ball and tea whisk. And, um, but in Korea, the, the, the tea ceremonies uh, involve the leaf tea. Leaf tea. Okay. And uh, there are various historical records of tea ceremonies conducted in the royal courts, for example. And uh, there are very specific rituals, um, specific formats, and specific uh, uh, tea wares. So, first of all, the tea itself is different. And Korea's uh, uh, unique uh, etiquette, uh, yejol, for example, uh, etiquette, is quite different than Japanese. So, uh, not only the differences in tea, but actually the way you use your hands, the, the way you greet the, uh, the guests, the way you drink tea and the way you prepare tea are very different. And uh, people sometimes get confused uh, is uh, the difference between Chinese, uh, Japanese, and Korean tea. But uh, Korea has a very unique uh, custom and uh, culture of tea ceremonies. Help me understand. I hope it's not too obtuse of a question, Professor Yu, but why does tea have to be ceremonial? Or why sh- what's the benefit of having tea be ceremonial? Why not just heat up the water and drink the tea? <laughs> yeah, actually... <laughs> That's a, that's a quite a common <laughs> common question, and uh, actually many people do drink tea without ceremonially. Yeah, I mean I do drink tea uh, very simply, very uh, uh, without any rituals, any formats. Uh, but when it comes to serving for others, yeah, uh, it is very important, uh, especially in Korea, because Korea is very etiquette conscious uh, country. Um, so for serving tea to others. We expect certain formality, certain etiquette that is represented by the preparer to the guest. So tea ceremony is just simply a way of showing that etiquette and the respect for the, the, from the host to the guest. So, but if you are just drinking tea by yourself... I mean, you don't have to drink it in a very ceremonial You don't have to pour a cere- exactly. do a ceremony for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit weird. Yeah, uh, yeah uh, you mentioned, uh, Richard, that there are more teas than wine. <laughs> I bet you there's more wine experts than tea experts, though. Uh, true. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
just uh, can are you able to paint sort of a a rough spectrum of teas because I know with certain teas you have to get the the water super super hot rolling mm-hmm. boil mm-hmm. and then there are other teas where you're not supposed to boil it mm-hmm. you're supposed to get it kind of warm uh, can you give me sort of a color spectrum of tea a little bit um, rule of thumb is that you know like uh, you know you generally call everything tea but there's um, you know so called a tea which involves tea tree tea leaves camellia sinensis that's tea, and then there's a herbal blends, which is called uh, sometimes called herbal blends, herbal infusions, or okay. tisani, you know, those types, which uses or consumed like a tea, but it does not have any tea leaves. Like chrysanthemum okay. tea, for yes. example. For, or, for yeah. instance, yeah, yeah, chrysanthemum teas and then chamomile, right. peppermint, all right. those things. Basically, the rule of thumb is that other than green tea or some oolongs, you can basically boil the water, turn it off, and then just... Uh, let it just sit for you know a little bit, and then just pour over, and then you can make a good deal. Whereas a green tea, you need to sometimes reduce your temperature to, I would say, eighty, eighty-five degrees, uh-huh. because you know those green teas, the the tea is so delicate. If you pour this really hot water in there, it yeah. it doesn't really steep your tea, but it's almost cook your tea right. leaves, and it becomes very bitter. So. Yeah, there's a temperature, the, the requirements for certain type of teas, but other than, you know, some delicate green teas and in some case, some oolongs, basically you can just boil the water and then pour over and then you drink it. So, I mean, there's a thing about the ceremony thing we talked about. A lot of young people actually shunned away from tea because they consider it's very difficult to prepare. Right. It requires a lot of steps to drink a tea. It's not the case. I mean, we as a company, we try very hard to break that rule and then trying to teach them how to enjoy tea most simplest possible ways and uh, you know yeah other than like a green teas and then there's a few exceptions you can pretty much boil just simmer a little bit and pour over and then you can enjoy the tea it's interesting we were talking recently about this kind of makkali renaissance that's <laughs> happening you know people are rediscovering makkali yes it's almost as though there's a niche for people to rediscover tea, you know. I, th- I would almost bet that a lot of Koreans out there, they think, well, it's just, it's marbled into our culture. It's hardwired into our culture. I already know it. But they don't really know it, do they? No. There's a niche for tea education here, mm. isn't there? Yes. But the thing is, I think the tea compared to coffee, one of the reasons coffee is becoming very popular here in Korea and then tea is not, is coffee is considered as cool, yeah. sexy. Sure. And uh, driven energy, you know, all these uh, positive things you you know normally associate with young people. Whereas when you talk about tea to young people, they say, "Oh, that's my grandma's drink," you know, <laughs> "my dad drinks." It. Yeah. I mean, it, it lost that, you know, it somehow it fails to grasp young consumers. And yeah. we're trying to bring back that all the health benefits it has, all the great stories behind it, yeah. and all the lifestyle, healthy lifestyle that tea, you know. Represent. You do have your work cut out for you there because yeah. the, especially the younger generation mm. is dynamic. They want to mm. succeed. They mm-hmm. want to plow ahead. Mm. And T has all of this imagery around it mm. of, you know, a guy on a mountainside with mm. his eyes closed, mm. you know, looking over a misty, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. lake. Mm. Professor Yu, one thing that leapt out at me from your book on Korean tea is uh, the concept that the Korean tea culture and especially the Korean tea ceremony was about modesty and humbleness. And who wants to be modest and humble in this day and age, right? <laughs> so, uh, Yeah, but I think uh, that's uh, really the virtue uh, of modesty, uh, humbleness, and respect for others. 
considerations. Uh, all those are very important uh, virtues that I think we tend to to not pay enough attention. And I think, uh, and as a country, as a society, uh, we are beginning to realize the importance of the traditional Korean virtues, especially uh, with the uh, globalization. There are multiple uh, multitude of uh, cultures that are uh, arriving in Korea, and especially young people, they are just accepting it uh, without any type of a judgment. So uh, there are many concerns, and specifically the country, um, the, the National Assembly passed a law uh, in December 2014, the Character or Humanity Development Act. Uh, that actually became um, enacted uh, July of 2015. So as part of the humanity uh, education, uh, people are beginning to uh, promote and adopt uh, tea uh, classes. Tea etiquette classes are part of the youth cultural development and uh, humanity development. So we may actually see uh, mm, uh, more promotion, uh, more acceptance, and uh, more development of tea, uh, and actually for the better of the society. What would be in one sentence, for both of you, what would be in one sentence the biggest selling point of tea? Why should people drink more tea? I think tea represents well-being, okay. uh, spiritually as well as physically. Uh, has a lot of cultural heritage that we have to preserve and uh, promote and uh, continue carrying on. And that represents us and represents us, the country. So we should uh, embrace it and, um, and maintain our uh, true, true values. And Richard, what would you have to say? I would say tea is the healthiest habit you can you know, have for yourself, I think. Hmm. So there's a health selling point. Mm. Now, if I, uh, as a consumer, whether I'm Korean mm. or a foreigner, which I am, uh, I'm interested in exploring tea a bit more. Mm. What should I, where should I go? Should I go to a traditional market? Should I go to a tourist area like mm. Insadong? Or should I go to a department store? Where, where's my best offerings? Well, it depends. I mean, you know, if you're, if you're looking for like, you know, wide variety of teas, both domestic and international teas, uh, you know, as offline markets, department stores would be best bet. Uh-huh. And, uh, but now, you know, this time, these days, nowadays, if you go to like online, you can pretty much find all the teas, you know, available in Korea. So either online or department store, I, I, I would be the best. I, th- I think they're the best bet for you. Are you optimistic that uh, people are going to get more into tea or are we going to see coffee continue to take a bite out of uh, the tea market share? You know, Coffee will be very strong in coming years. No, I mean, there's no doubt about that. But actually, tea is not declining. Actually, the tea as a whole has been increasing past four or five years since we were here. And I think that the trend will continue. And then most coffee houses, you know, they will have more teas in their, you know, shop yes. to offer. So it, it is... If anything, it's increasing, not decreasing. That's right. And some of the big chains yes. familiar with coffee yeah. are offering teas, and some of the teas are excellent. Yes. Yeah. Professor Yu, do you drink coffee at all? Oh, actually, I do. Uh, I do drink coffee as well as um, uh, green tea as well as a black tea. Okay. Uh, specifically, I tend to drink uh, green tea in the afternoon and uh, drink black tea in the evening. Uh, the, the way I drink black tea is uh, black tea mixed with uh, honey, and that really gives, gives me a lot of a uh, uh, concentration and uh, very relaxing uh, evening. So, uh, so it's not either or. 
Yeah, I, I don't do think both. so. I don't think so, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's uh, both enjoyable drinks. I was speaking to a literature expert, uh, Brother Anthony Anson Jay, recently, and he served me, was kind enough to serve me tea in his office. And uh, I said, do you also drink coffee, Brother Anthony? And he said, bah, coffee's just burnt beans. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he's, uh, he's definitely a proponent yeah. of Korean tea culture. Professor Yu Yang Sok, author of The Book of Korean Tea, A Guide to the History, Culture, and Philosophy of the Korean Tea and the Tea Ceremony, and Mr. Richard Song, head of Rishi Tea Korea. Thank you both for your insights today. I really appreciate it. Okay, thank you. Thank you very Good much. To be here. And that will bring today's Koreascape to a close. We are produced by Christina So with associate production from Jamie Lee, writing by GP1. I'm Kurt Asian. Please tune in tomorrow. We'll welcome former Prime Minister Chung Un Chan to the program. We'll talk Korean economics, society, government, and the legacy of a very special Canadian missionary who arrived here a hundred years ago. Before we go, we're going to, while we're in this tea culture mood, I'd like to play you a little song from Kayagum master Hwang Byung-gi and Yoon In-suk. It's called Cha Hyang Ije. It is from an album released in hopes of reviving the tea culture in Korea. Enjoy.